And welcome back. I do apologize just getting it started that this podcast has really gone on a two-month hiatus. I do apologize for that. But we're back and ready to rock and roll once again. And there's been some crazy stuff happening in the news of sports, including ESPN. Maybe he's trying to sell a stake of their company. Or Disney trying to sell ESPN, really, a majority stake of that or whatever stake that they can get sold. We also have a couple other things that potentially could happen. And if something that just did happen, and that is Colorado leaving the Pac-12 to the Big 12. That it will take effect one year from now, so we will have that taking place. And that is something really that people from the Pac-12 just shoot aside, said it wouldn't happen. And you know what? When you're dysfunctional like the Pac-12, stuff like that happens. And it happens um, when you least expect it, really, with uh, Colorado having that done today as I'm recording this on the Thursday prior to the end of the month. So, let's start with that lead story of Colorado leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. This is huge for that Pac-12 negotiations um, and it really questions the stability of the entire conference um, with that Pac-12. So it's going to be very difficult for the Pac-12 to get a TV deal done when you're now done down to what? Nine members now? Um, there's a certain point where this conference just explodes in it, and it really goes out and... Uh, it blows up on itself, really. But uh, we'll see if they do end up adding San Diego State or some other teams. But when you lose one of your members, and it's clearly not their best member, it, and probably Oregon, Washington, and the Arizona school is probably their best uh, members as well, at this point. Stanford as well. Um, Utah, they still got. But when you're losing someone who's not in Oregon, not a Washington, not an Arizona school... It really questions how long can this conference stay put, and it wouldn't really make sense for the Big 12 to add one school. There's got to be some other schools they're shopping. Um, could it be in Arizona? Could it be Arizona State? Maybe they want to um, go for a team maybe from another team from the American. Maybe they want Memphis. We'll see um, what what ends up happening, but with these grant of with uh what the Big Twelve did with ESPN is it was an automatic pro rata amount and I believe some people have reported that Fox agreed to um on a case by case basis give equal amount to the schools that joined. But Colorado I believe is probably right around average for the Big Twelve teams, maybe a bit above average um with Deion Sanders as the head coach. So I mean, you look at the Big 12, obviously the big big school for basketball, Kansas. Um, but when you look at college football, um, some of those bigger teams being maybe Baylor, maybe um, BYU's uh, one of the bigger teams at this point. Cincinnati, we got Houston in there. Kansas State has been pretty good. Iowa State, um, Texas Tech, TCU. But really without Texas and Oklahoma – you really lose that front end of your conference in terms of viewership. 
because if you took took out Texas and Oklahoma's uh, games, the Big 12 viewership wasn't very good, you know, the last couple of years. But they did secure a good TV rights deal, considering uh, the members in the conference. And uh, credit to them, Big 12, they went out, they got four teams. People were saying, well, why would you go for them when you can get the Pac-12 teams? Well, it's given them leverage. It's given them the opportunity to create a strong deal. And it's given them really the opportunity to be selective in the other members that they choose for their conference. So this is a rare Big 12 win. And it's a, a Big 12 win that that really is going to get them uh, closer, I, I think slightly closer to where the SEC and the Big 10 is. And now it's just a question, do they try to poach the ACC? Um, on the other side of the of the um, of the the other side of the world, I don't know the other side of the country uh, over there. Um, do they go for a Clemson to get slightly higher than than what they're getting? But again, the ACC deal is very um, very ESPN friendly. That's one the one thing for sure uh, there. But the ACC, obviously, a lot of members don't like the TV deal their fault they signed it i mean uh you should never sign something for that long in a a business that's been growing for a hundred years really um this tv business it's not been a hundred years but you know what i mean um but let's move on over to espn they want to really the disney corporation they want to get rid of espn because of really the the money it's been losing a lot of layoffs happening espn not just the behind the camera it's been some talent has been let go I mean, we saw uh, what Jeff Van Gundy was let go. He he really wasn't expected to be let go. Some Jalen Rose, I think, was also let go. A lot of uh, ESPN talent that people thought was safe, they've been terminated. Their contracts have been um, discontinued, and it's it's unfortunate for those for the people that that are losing their jobs at ESPN, but. It's a reality of, of the business. There's less people willing to pay a higher price. And because of that, they keep having to raise the price. And then the cycle continues. Less people um, want to pay the high price. And now we're in a... Really here now to talk about what ESPN is going to have happen going forward. I mean, they had those job cuts and they've got more maybe coming in the future uh, because Disney needs to make money and that's really what their business is trying to do. And we've seen uh, companies really do successful in that a la carte model. Netflix has been there. I know they had that big password sharing crackdown, but they have figured it out and they have done well uh, because of, their actions with that crackdown, I know there might be some people that don't like Netflix as much anymore, but they built that subscriber base over the last couple of years, and it has been a natural build, and it has been a mutual relationship that has been positive, and people do like Netflix for what it has, and it has really developed from a really cult following to, it's captivated really, at least a third of the country has probably had Netflix at some point, or knows what Netflix or has watched Netflix on a regular basis. So it's great for Netflix of what they've done. And it's bad really for the rest of the streaming market. The rest of the streaming market has struggled 
to be uh, turn profitability, and it's unfortunate uh, that really the circumstances that has gone into this this TV business. But when people are asking for these insane raises, things just can't can't keep up when you you pile on inflation onto all of it. Like there's only going to be so much money where you can't create this money that doesn't exist. And I mean, we'll have to wait and see where the market goes here for media businesses. I don't think any league like an NFL or an NBA wants to invest in ESPN. Why would they when they can just reach out to part a different partner? Maybe they want to reach out to an NBC, have games on broadcast TV rather than a cable business that is dying and ESPN Plus really, how is that any any better right now? It is just a streaming service, but it's only sports. So there's no way you're going to get any other subscribers to want to pay for it. Um, I know they have the Disney Bundle, but now they offer the Disney Bundle without ESPN Plus. So it, it's a tough situation for Disney, but... Maybe they should just sell their entire media business. The movies really aren't turning as profitable anymore now that the theatrical releases have been uh, trimmed down and they have become less important. You know, there are going to be those those top theatrical movies that are going to create a lot of money, but usually these are the high-budget movies that cost a ton to produce. These actors that are very expensive and... It's like those are the movies that are doing well, but those are the movies that are also costing a ton of money to create. And there's only so much, um, so long that it can go where you're increasing the amount of money, but the money that you're creating is is staying about the same. So we'll have to wait and see. It's, it's a tough situation on all parties there. Um, but again... It's going to be interesting. I mean, we've seen these... Let's move on to that Women's World Cup going on. Uh, we, we've we seen the first two games of the U.S. Women's National Team uh, now played. And they have captured two of the three top audiences for Fox Sports uh, in the Women's World Cup group stage history. Uh, the only game that would be between the two matches that have been played in this World Cup was the Chile game from... Uh, four years ago in France, so obviously great, great numbers for early in the tournament, and credit to Netherlands, they are a very elite team compared to teams that maybe the U.S. played um, four years ago, they didn't quite have, they didn't play, I don't think, two European sides in the group stage, Portugal obviously still to come in this uh, tournament, we'll see if the U.S. can beat Portugal, or what happens with the U.S., but, I mean, I just want to put this out there, is that Fox has it lined up that if the U.S. wins the group, Fox will have two two more monster audiences from this Women's World Cup. And obviously, if the U.S. make the final, the final is going to do better than if the U.S. are absent from the final. But we'll leave that aside, because the final will be, final will be 6 a.m. on the East Coast, which obviously isn't great. But it's better than some of these games that are happening, you know, 3 a.m. on the East Coast and 2 a.m. Central, 1 a.m. in the Mountain Time. 
I mean, you're asking a lot for people to, to watch in the middle of the night. But it is obviously not Fox's fault. It's just the reality of the, the tournament being played in Australia and New Zealand. Fox will get their World Cup really in three years when it, the Men's World Cup comes to the United States. And that will have all the games in favorable windows. It will have all the games um, being closer here. So you'll see that buzz really in, in, let's say, real life. You'll see the buzz around the World Cup. And people maybe want to join the fun on the TV side of it. But we'll have to wait and see on that that front. Um, there's been a lot happening here at this Women's World Cup. But if the U.S. finish second, then, then the U.S. play in the middle of the night. 4 a.m. Central Time for around a 16 game and a potential quarterfinal at 2.30, I think, a.m. Central Time. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's not as good as 10 Eastern Time, 9 Central, and then 9 Eastern, 8 Central, which would be the dream scenario for Fox Sports if the U.S. can win the group and get there. And then you get those uh, additional audiences that are going to... You know, rival the last, rival the last World Cup, maybe even top it, depending on who the opponent is, uh, for the U.S. And a, a primetime Saturday night, even if it is running in that late night window, is going to do well compared to any other program airing on a Saturday night, uh, especially in the summer. So, uh, can, we'll see if Fox Sports gets what they want with the U.S. winning the group and everything going well. Or Fox is, is going to have to play play the game where they've got to promote these other games that are happening in these windows. It would be the Netherlands would be getting those those windows unless somehow Portugal rises above and the U.S. get knocked out of this World Cup. But we'll see. And, and obviously that would be the worst scenario for, the, for Fox Sports is if the U.S. get knocked out. And then they really don't have a backup plan. I mean, most of these games are going to be ha- played overnight. Most of these games are not going to involve a, an England or a Canada that might do well as well for the U.S. audience. But other than other than England and Canada, what other teams are people going to want to watch? I mean, obviously, we're not going to see Panama, Jamaica, probably. They're not going to advance. We're not going to see really um, any other teams. Maybe, maybe Brazil would do well. Um, as well, but will what windows will they be airing in uh, compared to compared to the U.S. What uh, the dream windows that they may have gotten, and we'll we'll have to wait and see. But but uh, obviously it's not ideal. Obviously, a World Cup in Australia, New Zealand was going to create challenges, just like we saw at the last three Olympics. They have been terrible. Terribly rated, um, especially during the daytime when it's re-airs. I mean, you can't ask people to watch a rerun Olympics during the daytime. I mean, there's there there is a certain audience for that, which it's doing better than you know your regular daytime sitcoms and soap operas or whatever you're going to have on the daytime. But I mean, rerun Olympics during the day, it's just it's a losing battle. And the next Olympics in France, obviously, we're going to have live programming during the day, reruns in primetime, which I think is is okay. I think it's 
manageable, especially if you do have a jam-packed day, you're probably not going to catch everything during the day. And maybe that primetime show, they can kind of tweak it to really showcase um, some of those um, moments that maybe would have aired during what would have been a lunchtime, would have been breakfast, where you weren't really paying attention to the Olympics um, during those hours. And and it's going to be these next Olympics, you know, will be a, a streaming Olympics where Peacock, you know, you get access to everything uh, once again. So uh, it's going to be going to be interesting if if uh, Peacock is is a destination to watch, because that's where I'll be watching these Olympics is Peacock, most likely. Um, but obviously, you know, you have the option to watch on uh, linear television, NBC, uh, USA Network and the sorts, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot, it's going to do a lot better, especially on the weekends, than we did see um, in Tokyo, most likely, and then, of, of course, 2028 is going to do better when it's in LA, but we'll have to wait and see on all of those fronts. Again, thank you for listening to JJ Sports Podcast, and I do apologize that this podcast has kind of been neglected, um, but it has gotten some listeners. So thank you for listening to the podcast, even though I have not been posting for two months. I just posted an episode that was supposed to go up two weeks ago. I had, this app that I've been using here has just not been cooperating really as it should be. Like when I go into another app, it's just shutting down and doing whatever it wants, I guess, but we'll have to see if I can get that resolved for the fall because we should be um, trying to bring in college football today back in the fall. We'll see if we do end up bringing it back. Um, And then, of course, the NFL free game show that we've been doing really with picking games, you know, it is a... It is tough to get all those shows in, and hopefully we can um, get some get some guests on here at some point, but we'll have to wait and see. But again, we'll probably be on in a week, two, whenever we come back on. But again, I felt like that ESPN trying to sell a stake in their company was a big story, and I did feel that Colorado um, really setting off maybe another round of realignment in college football and college athletics in general. So it is certainly there's no days off when it comes to sports media and sports in general. So again, college football season going to be here in about a month's time. So buckle up, enjoy, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Peace out.